0: WDBM East Lansing.
1: You think the Pistons are playoff bound? Play totally play. This MSU team, team deserves to be in a BCS and play. Still and always will be hockey Fire Leland. You can hit
0: this league. You garbage!
1: The summer kicks off with the boys of summer. That's right, the sizzling Detroit Tigers. Plus, we'll go over why a return from Derrick Rose is more likely than not. This... Is the Spartan Sports Rap. And if Derrick Rose does return tonight, if he does return tonight, I want to hear if you think the Chicago Bulls are going to beat them. 517 432 3893. You can also tweet at us at 89FM Sports Rap. But, uh, excuse me, not tonight, but but next game, that, that game two. He's going to be out that first game for sure. Uh, he's, uh, From today's news, he's ruled out for sure. So that's obviously a big topic. But like I said, welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact 89 FM. We are live here on Mondays from 7 to 8 p.m. Same time, same place. If you are just tuning in for your first time, let me explain to you How the show is set up. We start with MSU Sports first. That's your Michigan State Spartan football team. We'll, We'll throw in basketball, baseball, anything else you want to hear. If it's wrestling, swimming and diving, track, cross country, we'll throw it all out there. So you can call us, tweet at us, and if you want to talk about any other Michigan State sport, we'll be sure to do that. Alongside with Michigan State Sports, then we jump to local. It could be as local as your Detroit Tigers, or it can be as local as the Lansing Lugnuts. We'll we'll keep you up to date on the latest, same time, same place on Impact 89FM. We also cover a little bit of national news, uh, whether it's the Manteetail hoax to uh, the, the, the news of the NHL lockout. We'll bring it all at you, same time, same place, localized here from Michigan State University, from the students we do have listeners from all over the world as far as San Jose State University and Miami, Florida. We are a nationally listened station here on Impact 89 FM. We always have a special guest each week. Past guests have included Clarissa Balagard from the Michigan State Spartans. We had Takudzwa Kovaruno, former Michigan State wide receiver on just at the beginning of the year. Brian Calloway, Lansing State Journal, has been on here. Dan Dickerson, voice of the Detroit Tigers, has been on here from the Detroit Tigers radio network. Last week, we had former state news beat reporter Josh Mansuer, who graduated this year and is moving on to bigger and better things. And then, of course, this week, since it is the first show of the summer, we're going to have open lines and no special guests quite yet. Uh, 517-432-3893, again, is the number, 517-432-3893. And if you have been tuning in in past weeks, and if you have not, you should know that Impact Sports is up and coming and changing. If you'd like to get involved with Impact Sports, come to the basement of Holden Hall, it's G6. Fill out an application, and we'll be sure to get in touch with you. So if you want to get involved with something big, something up and coming, something that's going to basically determine your involvement and your memories here at Michigan State University, feel free to come to the basement of Holden Hall and sign up. But like I said, it may determine whether your college memories are going to last or not, but uh, you have to be a Michigan State student. So that is one requirement that you must meet. Uh, Alongside with our special guests we have each week, like I said, open lines today, we have our Chad Ocho Zero segment. What that is, is if you have not heard before, Chad Johnson, of course, number 85, Ocho Cinco, but now Chad Johnson, uh... This week, he is still, quote-unquote, richly unemployed. Uh, Chad Johnson, if you have not been following in past week's Chad Johnson, uh, being let go from the Miami Dolphins after they signed him uh, based on a plethora of different uh, distractions. You can call them distractions. You can call them uh, domestic violence cases. You can call them sex tape cases. uh, You can call them uh, basically Twitter wars. These are all the things that have kept Chad Johnson distracted ever since the beginning of last fall. So, myself and the team here at the at Impact, we decided to make the Chad Ocho Zero segment relevant until he shuts up, until he starts to produce some good, until he signs with an NFL team, and, and, and basically before uh, he start, st- stops creating a distraction, not only for himself, but for everybody else who's, who's basically trying to view him in the best light possible. But the newest on Chad Johnson is this week, not only is he still richly unemployed, but over Twitter. Chad Johnson said Tom Brady is as black as Justin Timberlake and Michael Bublé. Well, first of all, I don't know what context that is. Uh, Basically, what happened was some some guy, one of of Chad Johnson's fans, asked him what he thought about Tom Brady. Just just a tweet. And, of course, Chad Johnson, being that extroverted, in-your-face guy that he is, he responds that Tom Brady is as black as Justin Timberlake and Michael Bublé. So is he saying that Tom Brady is white? Well, that's that's relevant, if you even want to talk in terms of race. But but what does that have to do with, what was it like playing with Tom Brady? So Chad Johnson being a goon once again, and basically, if you have not listened at, uh, in the, at the show ever, uh, at the at the end of the show at 7.55, we have our goon of the week, and you'll hear exactly how that goes Uh once we get to that time of the hour. But uh, the Goon of the Week, it's some someone at, at, that, that we think that didn't really represent himself correctly. He wasn't in the best light. Uh, it's someone that we think is a little bit goony. Uh, yeah, you could use that word. But like I said, stay tuned at 7.55 to see who that is. Uh, Chad Johnson, of course. Uh, some, actually, he, he did have one good thing this week. And, and the thing about Chad Johnson this week is he still has speed because... He was clocked at 24 miles per hour running on a treadmill and that's fast you talk 24 miles an hour that's basically saying that he's as fast as a car driving down an East Lansing Street if you're driving down Grand River he's running with your car so I mean that's pretty quick I mean uh, especially on a treadmill when you have to be when you have to run consistently with it uh, and, and when they measure 24 miles an hour you keep in mind that that is a consistent run pace. So uh, props to Chad Johnson for doing that, but I don't know about this Twitter Tom Brady thing. I want to hear your thoughts. 517-432-3893. 3, 3, uh, is Tom Brady truly as black as Justin Timberlake or Michael Blue Blay? I don't get it. I really don't. But anyways, lineup for the show at 7.08, about a minute from now, we are going to be talking about the Detroit Red Wings because with another game looming, uh, looming, uh, it's apparent that they're going to be without one big piece of the lineup, Justin Abelkader. And if you did not watch last game, he had a two-game suspension because of a hit on a Anaheim Duck defenseman. And the thing about the hit is that uh, it's a little debated because uh, you have four, some of the players, some of the management saying that uh, we're not sure if it weren't a s- suspension. But then you have Brandon Shanahan, former Red Wing, giving out the punishment. So at 7.08, we'll get into that whole issue. 7.20... I'm a big boxer guy. I'm a, I'm a big boxing guy. The Mayweather fight, the Floyd Money Mayweather fight was this past Saturday and it was versus Robert, quote unquote, the Ghost Guerrero. We'll cover that whole fight, what's looming uh, uh, with, with new matchups for Floyd, what's going to happen to Robert the Ghost, uh, and basically the legacy of Mayweather. At 728, Detroit Tigers, they are just too good. We're not going to spend too much time on them this week, the Boys of Summer, but we are going to talk some pitching whether Honorable Sanchez could be the next ace for the Detroit Tigers, whether Ryan Rayburn's release was proper, because he's just killing it over there in Cleveland, and then Cabrera. Diving for balls, this guy just looks like one of the best hitters of all time. So we'll talk about that at 728. 735, NBA playoffs with Dang and Rose out. Is it worth watching tonight? Nick's in trouble, you tell me. And then Golden State in the West and Draymond Green's role. LeBron for MVP. There's one man who didn't vote him. He was unanimously voted on as MVP, but there's one guy who didn't vote for him. So we'll get to who that was and why at 735. 745, Detroit Lions signed some draft picks. Uh, that weren't drafted. Uh, they signed some guys that, that were not, unfortunately, picked. And uh, the guys that weren't picked, some of them actually have a shot to make the team. Some of these guys that the Detroit Lions have signed, surprisingly, in my eyes, have a pretty good shot of making this roster. We'll talk about who those guys are and why at seven 740- forty. Five. At 7.50, and MSU Sports roundup. Like I said, we usually start with MSU Sports first. We're going to move it to the end today because with the Justin Ablicator uh, controversy, basically on the talk of everyone's tongue tonight, uh, we're going to talk about that to start the show and then end it with MSU Sports. Uh, and then, of course, 7.55, Goon of the Week. Uh, it, this goon this week is not a person. It's more of a team. We'll tell you what that team slash organization is and why uh, i want to remind you also if you are listening we you can feel free to call in 517-432-3893 you can also tweet at us at 89 fm sports Rap. in future weeks we will have something called a score of the week where uh, you have the opportunity to get a trivia question correctly if you guess the trivia question correctly you will have the opportunity to win a prize so um if you are smart enough with your trivia knowledge. You definitely want to keep staying tuned, uh, but besides that, like I said, we've got to start with the Detroit Red Wings. If you watched the game against the Anaheim Ducks this past weekend, and then you saw not only a four 0 shutout, but you just saw sloppy play. This just did not look like a Red Wing team that we would have hoped to see, a veteran team in this playoff. But besides for a veteran team, you didn't see only uh, an inability to to, to kill penalties. You only didn't see a goaltender letting up four goals, which with Jimmy Howard, the, the the experience that he has, that could be debated whether four goals is maybe too much, but maybe he didn't have enough help. Well, let's go to the phones. You're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Who is this? Where are you calling from?
2: This is Elmo from Detroit.
1: Elmo. Did you catch this Redman game this last weekend?
2: No, but I heard all about it, the Galaxy.
1: Uh Well, let, let me ask you something, Elmo. Uh, the advocator hit. Now... This is a suspension that's that's two games. Not only do the Red Wings have to basically change their whole front line because Datsuk is a guy that likes playing with Advocator. You'll hear him talk about that in press conferences. You'll hear Datsuk basically create the plays because Advocator's a corner guy. Advocator's a guy along the boards. He's going to get out there. He's going to move the puck around the board, set up a couple plays, kind of wait for a shot. That's Advocator's style. But you don't have Advocator for two games now. How big of a loss is this to you, Elmo, first of all?
2: I think it's a huge loss. Uh, it's bad enough that we don't have any thugs out there, you know, banging away against the other team. And he is a grinder. He's out there, um, like you said, into the boards and scrapping and hustling with other, other teammates. Right, you know, now, well, th- th- this guy's
1: a grinder. And, and, and yeah. the thing about it is that we did acquire a guy named Jordan Tutu, who was supposed to replicate that Darren McCarty uh, kind of Kind of personality that we used to have, you know, back in the early 2000s. Now Jordan Tutu, obviously irrelevant in the playoffs thus far. I mean, I mean, if if, if allocators out, and like you said, there's no grinders. Is that going to determine the outcome for this team, or does a does a game seven? Is this going to go late into the playoffs, Elmo? Do you see this basically going uh, going in the overtime?
2: I think the Wings uh, got to play with a lot of heart tonight to get past that uh, that deficit without allocator. Uh, if we don't win tonight, it's over.
1: You think it's over? Going back to Anaheim, there's no shot.
2: No shot. I don't think the Wings are that good this year. Why, why,
1: why don't you think they can win in Anaheim?
2: Um, I just don't think they have enough scoring power. Hey, I mean, you're, you're going to get your points from Datsuk and and uh, uh, what's his name, number forty.
1: Zetterberg, Zetterberg. But, Zetterberg. but, but Elmo, yeah. you, here's the thing. Home ice advantage, if you compare home home, court, home field advantage in any other sport, it matters. But in this series, Elmo, you saw the Wings take one away at Anaheim. You saw the Ducks take one away uh, the other the other night in at the Joe. Now, if, if home ice doesn't matter with this team in this series, then what does that say about not only the Detroit Red Wing team, but uh, does, does it really not matter in this series?
2: Well, with these two teams, I don't think they're that good. I, and I don't think the wings are good enough to even go past the first round.
1: Interesting. 5174323893. 3, we have Elmo from Detroit on the line with us. Elmo, uh I want to talk about the hit for a second because this was a hit that when I first saw this, I knew it was a penalty. He left his skates. You can't do that. Uh whether the the hit was clean because it's a penalty if you leave your skates. Uh the the balance for the suspension where he left his skates. Uh it was a head shot, but it looked like initially it, it, he was basically, he wasn't really a dirty player. He was going for the body, it seemed like, first. Uh, did you think this was a fair suspension?
2: Uh, no, I don't think it was fair at all. Why?
1: Why? Uh, why? I mean, this, is a, this to me, meets all of the requirements for a dirty hit.
2: Well, I think you also got to look at the, the reputation. Of, they're taking into consideration the reputation of the player. Um whether his intention was to disable the other player or and, and, and you
1: think it was right. you you think his intention was to disable this guy no i don 't right so I how don't. can you how can you warrant the penalty
2: Well, I know he deserves a penalty, but i don 't think he deserves a
1: suspension oh, I see what you 're saying, but that that begs the question because if you 're not going to give this guy a penalty and and you see pass hits with guys leaving their feet uh, uh basically requirements for the penalty. I mean, you, you've seen past requirements, and this guy meets all of them. If they make an exception for him because it wasn't "quote unquote" a dirty play, then how are you going to differ? You, you can't. So that's what I'm so confused about. Five one seven four three two three eight nine three. Uh, Elmo, I want to read you something that that Ken Holland told the Detroit Free Press about the hit. He said, "quote We disagree. I thought it was a real hard body check, but we respect their decision. We've got to put a team together and win a game." So I mean I think it's great that yes the front office is behind this guy I mean and if someone at the front office is is basically I mean not agreeing with the with the NHL I mean well, how do you think Gary Bettman's going to feel when probably most of these general managers most of these upper management they have to kind of abide by the NHL that that's the league that they're in true true and and the thing that that mind boggles me Elmo is the guy giving the penalty the, the disciplinarian I mean you have a former Detroit Red Wing giving giving this. Problem. I mean, this is the guy that's carrying out the suspension of Al But, listen. Elmo, l- l- let me ask you something. Where'd you go to high school? Southfield Lathrop. Alright, you went to Southfield Lathrop. Now, although you don't go to high school there anymore, do you? would you still root for them if they played some random team? Yes. Okay. Now let's look at Brandon Shanahan. This is a Detroit Red Wing who has a lot of pride in this team. Now, El- if you're Brandon Shanahan and you're a former Detroit Red Wing, Elmo, not only are you a former Detroit Red Wing, but Brandon Shanahan's a guy that's probably going to root for the Red Wing team to win. Brendan Shanahan's a guy that may, he may be out of the league, sure. He hasn't played for quite some time, but Brendan Shanahan does not want to see the Detroit Red Wings lose. I mean, right. and if, if you're holding a position and you're you're a Brendan Shanahan who has to be the disciplinarian, how can you hand out this penalty and basically, how can you assign a former Detroit Red Wing to give out this penalty to a, to a Red Wing player? I don't understand. See, that's the part that boggles me. You turn on the radio, you turn on the ticket, you turn on the drive. What you hear is, was this a warrant of the suspension? But for me, Elmo, the thing that may, may basically creates another topic of discussion is whether Brandon Shanahan had anything to do with this. I mean, what, what yeah, are your well, thoughts he, on Brandon Shanahan?
2: He should disqualified himself on that.
1: That's what I'm saying five one seven four three two three eight nine three we've got three calls ahead Elmo I want to thank you for joining us
2: thanks for having me I appreciate your show
1: Elmo from Detroit let's jump to the other line now uh you were on the Spartan sports rep who is this uh Greg what's going on hey what's up Greg uh, I I want to know I mean what are, what are your thoughts about this Brendan Shanahan involvement maybe the, if the hit was legal uh, that,
3: that's I don't first I don't know why Brendan Shanahan's even involved in this but um, in my personal opinion, I think the hit was legal. I didn't think he left his feet until I, I didn't think the he left his feet until after the hit. Personally, mm-hmm. so that's just my opinion on that.
1: Right. Well, 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 I want to give you basically a short little lowdown on on Shanahan and why he's involved. Because Brendan Shanahan, and this really isn't talked about anywhere else, is that Brendan Shanahan is the guy. He he's the NHL league disciplinarian. And if you are Brendan Shanahan, who used to play on the Detroit Red Wings. And let's say that Brendan Shanahan warranted that the hit was legal. It didn't basically guarantee a penalty, uh, a suspension. But if Brendan Shanahan's a former player for the Detroit Red Wings and he gives this discussion, Greg, that basically this doesn't warrant a suspension, wouldn't basically critics say that Brendan Shanahan is favoring that team? I
3: mean, I, I thought his I thought his favoring was of that. I watched his YouTube, or the, there's a YouTube video released by NHL, and I thought his favorite was that the hit was illegal, and this is why they suspended him. And that would just make sense to me why he would be on the NHL side on this, because he works for them, he'd be impartial to them.
1: Yeah. No, that's a good point. But, but that's what I'm saying is, since the hit is illegal, although it probably wasn't, Brendan Shanahan probably behind closed doors, if you're, if you're rooting for the Detroit Red Wings, which I'm sure Brendan Shanahan may be, being a former player, Not he has that loyalty, you know, Greg?
3: Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I'm, I'm betting behind closed doors. Shanahan was like, yeah, you know what? I think that hit was legal because, I mean, most of Detroit does. But being, a, being an employee of the NHL, I think he was authorized to side probably with the rest of the board of the NHL and saying that, you know, the hit was illegal, and that's where I think he was on that issue.
1: Absolutely. Good thoughts, Greg. Greg, anything else you want to talk about?
3: Um, nothing else, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, my
3: name is uh, Jake Steen. I just wanna shout out Alex Sharp for doing a great job on the air.
1: Uh and I appreciate it. Appreciate I enjoy it. listening to you, Alex for the Met. <laughs> Jake Steen calling. Thank you, Steen. Uh, so of course with this Justin advocator discussion, uh we we've got a lot of we've got a lot of other issues. Uh with this Advocator team, it comes to the it comes to the discussion. Who is going to basically start on that line now? Are you going to put uh are are you going to lay out a Nyquist with that souk? Are you going to lay out? Uh, maybe uh, are you going to mix up with Zetterberg? Are, are you going to leave Zedber, Zetterberg and that suit together? I mean, that's a whole other topic within itself because not only does this advocate suspension basically uh, not really line up, but uh, the thing about the advocate hit is that it creates a whole problem with this team because you're going. If, if you lose this game, you're going to Anaheim for for game for game six. Uh, I mean, game five, and, and you're hoping that somehow. This team's going to pull Game 6, and, and you're going for two games without Advocator, which means if the Red Wings lose tonight, they don't have Advocator again, which means they'll have more lineup issues again. More line issues. Are you going to put Nyquist? Are you going to put... I mean, how are you going to fru- structure this team? Fronten, Are you going to leave him on line 2? Are you, you going to move him up? Five one seven four three two 3, 8, 9, 3, what is the ultimate line for the Detroit Red Wings leading up to this game? Uh, another thing that mind-boggled me about this Detroit Red Wing game were the fans. I mean... How often do you see fans, Detroit Red Wings, these are Hockey Town fans, you see Hockey Town fans booing the Detroit Red Wings. You're seeing Joe Louis Arena, faithful Detroit Red Wings fans, booing the Detroit Red Wings. I mean, there are so many different storylines that come out of this this game, and we only have an hour to talk about it. And we've got to get to a whole other, uh, basically a whole another uh, uh, variety of different topics. But one thing that really pissed me off in this game were the fans. How? How do you boo the Detroit Red Wings? Not only in the third, it wasn't like there was a minute to go, but there were nine minutes left in the game and you're booing. Sure, I get it. 4 nothing. That's a horrible score. I get it. You probably, the, the Wings probably did not meet up to your expectations. I get that. If I'm a fan and my team's losing 4 nothing, 5 nothing, I might be a little upset. But am I gonna boo in a playoff run? I mean, if you're losing seven to nothing, eight to nothing, that might warrant some booing. But it's four nothing. I mean, it's not like the Wings were awful. They weren't awful. Sure, the applicator hit. Sure, that that definitely it could have turned the momentum of the game. Maybe the Red Wings would have had a better chance of winning if that hit didn't happen. Maybe somehow they could have came back uh, minus a goal or two from that major. But it wasn't that bad, was it? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Five one seven four three two three eight nine three. Did that last game warrant booing? Um, I I I don't really understand if uh, basically the booing was because there are expectations for this Red Wing team. Uh, maybe this Red Wing team not only had the expectations to uh, not only win the game, but this may have been a Red Wing team that like the Kings last year. Let Los Angeles last year started eighth. So maybe this Red Wing team, maybe some of these fans expect the Red Wings to create a lot of damage in the playoffs. But Elmo said it earlier. Elmo said this Red Wing team is not good. None of the teams are good, in his opinion. So five one seven four three two three eight nine three. You still have a get. You still have the opportunity to get a call in before we move on to another topic. Uh, but uh, before we get on to another topic, the last thing I want to talk about for the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, uh, but before we move on, are basically the highlights. The Ducks went 2-for-6 on the power play. I mean, if Nicholas Lidstrom was still here, I'm not so sure that a, a goal, a short handed goal from Ryan Getzloff would even happen. Slipping it past Jimmy Howard. Meanwhile, the Detroit Red Wings, 0-for-6 on the power play. Only 23 shots against Jonas Hiller, who, of course, is going to create some damage at the net. But... When the game went south for the Red Wings is when an applicator was ejected. I mean, that's the whole point of this this conversation. So five one seven four three two three eight nine three. Uh, moving on from the Detroit Red Wings, now we're gonna get a little bit into. Uh... Oh, oh, and ju- and just real quick, uh, we'll be giving you score updates uh, throughout the night uh, because uh, the Chicago White Sox actually defeated the Kansas City Royals in eleven innings. And of course, with Minnesota playing Boston, the Tigers at top of the Central, uh, we got to give you some updates. Uh, NBA scores tonight. Uh, we'll give you updates on that. Bulls are up eight to two right now with seven thirteen to go in the first. Low scoring game so far. Only eight to two. Uh another update for you, Boston Bruins and Toronto Maple Leafs. They're tied at nothing. Uh, so there you go. But uh, one thing this past weekend that really got my blood brewing was the Floyd Mayweather fight. Floyd money team, whatever you want to call them, Money Mayweather, Mayweather, Floyd, whatever you want to call this guy, basically showed that uh he may be unstoppable. I mean, this guy certainly surprised a lot of people, a lot of a lot of doubters. He didn't surprise me. I I, I was pretty confident that Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather would do this. It's Mayweather, okay? He took off a year, so what? He he's still. It's not like Michael Jordan who takes off five years and then comes back to play. Yeah, he's gonna lose a little bit of his game, but it's only a year. I mean, and, and Floyd. Mayweather, it's not like Floyd Mayweather didn't train. I mean, this is a guy that trained nine months for this fight. If he took off a couple of years and then maybe decided to start training with a month in. Yeah, you might lose a little bit of your agility. Yeah, you might lose a little bit of your quickness. But, I mean, for me, this seemed unsurprising. I mean, this guy completely dominated Guerrero. Guerrero coming in, a lot of trash talking lead up to this fight, like most. But this especially a little more because Guerrero calling him out. But then Guerrero having the gun charge. Floyd getting arrested. They both got arrested. And then the, Guerrero calling Floyd the guy that's a bad role model. But Guerrero, how are you going to go around walking with a, with an unloaded gun and then call yourself uh somewhat of a more humble man. I don't get it. Uh, and, and that brings me to my first topic of conversation is after this fight. I, I, is Floyd Mayweather a legacy to you? For me, yes, he's a, he's a role model in a couple of ways. He's a businessman. You Rarely do you see boxers who are promoters, who are trainers, who are boxers themselves, uh, who are marketers, who are advertisers. I mean, this guy does it all. I mean, that, that's very, very impressive for a guy coming from nothing uh, who trained his whole life. He doesn't have that much of a business background. But I think surrounding himself with the right people, creating his team, whether the money team name is proper, whether it's a little flashy, yeah, you can debate that. But for me, what, what does it for me about Mayweather is that he's a businessman. Okay? Are, is Guerrero a businessman? Do any of the guys that, that Mayweather has faced, are they businessmen? Sure, they may. They, I mean, they do pick their own fights. They do determine whether a, a guy may be beatable or not. But do you, do you have these guys starting promotional companies, signing on boxers and, and creating a, a brand name for themselves? That's amazing to me. You didn't see Muhammad Ali doing that. So in terms of that aspect, yes, Floyd Mayweather he's doing it great. But is he a legacy when he goes and, and is arrested? Is this guy a legacy when he talks about money, when he talks about if, if you don't have money, you're on the money team? Is that I I don't understand it. By the way, I want to give a shout-out. We've got Randy Adams, our new engineer. Dylan Jerome left us last week. I want to give a shout-out to Randy for listening and, and queuing things up back there. Uh, but, I mean, I mean, mean, Randy, at the breakout, we'll talk and see if you want to get on the air, too. But uh, this Mayweather thing, uh, uh, the, the one thing that really uh, kind of puzzles me about Mayweather is dodging. I mean, you see Mayweather, and this comes up in debate all the time, is if Mayweather is purposely dodging other boxers. Is Mayweather purposely dodging Ortiz for a rematch because of how close it really was? Is Mayweather dodging uh, Manny Pacquiao? Is is he do- is he dodging guys because he's a little afraid he might lose the fights? And sure, he's not going to go out and say that, but behind closed doors, hey, it may be five one seven four three two three eight nine three. If you were watching the Floyd Mayweather fight, I want to hear it from you. Uh, what did you see in that fight? A- and what did you see from Guerrero that kind of made you laugh? Uh... But, basically, one other thing that I want to uh, basically look at when it comes to this Guerrero fight is what's next. Sure, you've got Guerrero going down in a fight, but this guy isn't tarnished. This guy isn't out the door. I mean, this isn't a boxer in Guerrero who I- I- his career is finished. No. I mean, off this fight alone, he think I think he made like $3 million just by fighting this guy. So, did Guerrero basically make a a bad decision in this fight? Couldn't make that argument. Did Guerrero basically uh, screw up his career in this fight? You Couldn't make that argument. But what's next for Guerrero? Ortiz has came out and publicly said he's not a fan of Guerrero. So does that link an Ortiz-Guerrero rematch? Uh, Not rematch, uh, a match? Or are you going to have... Guerrero has, has came out and said that he wants a rematch against Floyd. So maybe will will Floyd fight Guerrero again? Probably not, in my opinion. I th- I think that's done. I think that's a one and done thing. But Mayweather, who are you going to fight? Are you going to uh, fight an up and comer too? There's always the topic of conversation. If if Floyd has ever had his big fight, a- a- has Floyd ever had his fight that basically has has made his career? Uh, who is he going to fight next? Now with the Cotto thing, with the with the uh, Pacquiao thing. The next fight for Floyd, potentially, could be Mexican star Canelo Alvarez. And this might not be the most attractive fight, but it might ensure that he will fight again this year. Floyd hasn't fought in the same year since 2007. He only fights about once a year. The last time he fought two fights in a year was in 2007. And if Floyd gets this Canelo Alvarez fight, this might be his classic fight. This might be his signature fight. That people will remember because if you are not within the boxing world, one little criticism about Floyd is that he hasn't had that classic fight yet. Can you picture LeBron James with the Bill Russell, with the a, with a, with the a Michael Jordan? Can you can you picture LeBron being competitive with them? Yes, you can. But can you picture Floyd Mayweather being competitive with Muhammad Ali? I'm not so sure. That's to do, that's to be debated. And the reason for that is because Floyd, by some by some critics, hasn't had a fight that's going to make it a classic yet. Five one seven four three two three eight nine three. When we come back from this, when we come back from this short break, recapping the Floyd Mayweather fight. What's next? Uh, are you? Are you? Were you disappointed that it lasted twelve rounds? Uh, were you basically getting up and leaving your seats once it lasted in the tenth? Because you knew this one was over. Coming up also at around seven thirty-five, NBA playoffs. Seven forty-five, Detroit Lions undrafted signees, The Ansa uh, signing actually turns out in, in more ways than one. I'll tell you what that is. When we return from this break, you're listening to the Spartan Sports Rap on Impact 89FM.
2: You're listening to
1: Impact Exposure.
3: First. Hey, what floor are you going to?
1: <coughs> oh, uh,
0: three, thanks. Hey, didn't we, uh, have...
2: Yeah, that one class. Yeah,
0: that's so funny
1: to, <laughs> to see you, because I thought maybe we could, uh... Would you ever want to, um... I was wondering if you, if I could stick my finger in your eye.
2: What? No. Oh, I
1: just flushed some toilets and touched a doorknob. What? I've been keeping this moist Kleenex in my pocket. that's uh, so gross. I thought we could, you know, just stick my finger Ugh. in your eye. Is that weird? No,
3: don't touch me. What's wrong with you? Oh,
0: sorry.
1: Well, ever since you got in the elevator, you've been coughing all over your hands and pressing those buttons, so I just thought you were into that kind of thing. Free? Studies show that three-quarters of women and only half of men actually wash their hands in the bathroom. That's nasty. Stop the flu and other germs by regularly washing with soap and avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. More at cdc.gov slash cleanhands. Impact 89FM. Impact 89FM, I'm Alex Sharg. Same time, same place. Uh, Monday's from 7 to 8 p.m. We've got some calls coming in right now, so that's great to see. is going to get to those calls right now. Uh, but alongside with the calls, uh, one thing you got to look at is this Mayweather fight. Uh, besides for the Mayweather fight, uh, there, there were some issues that came out of it. Um, basically with the Mayweather fight, um, you got to look at, were you upset? Were you upset that not only did it go 12 rounds, but did you want to see a knockout? Did you want to see a no decision? Would you have rather seen the blood, uh, basically the blood come out and basically determine the fight? I'm not sure if I would have wanted to, to, to see um the blood and, and basically the blood basically determine the outcome of this fight. If you're Robert Guerrero and you're bleeding profusely, and Floyd's gonna win off basically Floyd, and this guy hasn't gone down yet. Then you're gonna slate him. Does that grant a rematch? I'm not so sure. 3 four three two three eight nine three. We're getting some calls, and we'll we'll get to them in just a second. Uh, but like I said, when it comes to this Mayweather fight, is Alvarez going to be this next big fight? Along with Alvarez, uh, is is the Alvarez fight going to be? One that's going to break the bank. Is this going to be a one that Floyd Mayweather is not only going to promote, but is this Alvarez fight, if he accepts, going to be a game breaker for Floyd Mayweather? 517 432 3893. Send us a tweet at 89FM SportsRap. We are on Mondays from 7 to 8 p.m. If you're just tuning in right now, let me give you the short lineup of what to expect uh, in the coming half hour. Uh seven thirty five NBA playoffs. In just a minute, we'll get right to that as we cap off the. Floyd Mayweather fight that was pay per view of Mayweather Productions. Seven forty-five. We'll talk about the Detroit Lions and how some of their undrafted signees may be some good things. Uh, seven fifty. We'll give you an MSU sports roundup: MSU basketball, MSU baseball, MSU football. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of different topics for that. The goon of the week at seven fifty-five. It's not a person this week, but our goon of the week this week is a team. I'll tell you what that is and why. At seven fifty-five, let's go to the let's go to the phone. Uh, let's see. Who we've got here. We've got. Joe on the line. What's going on, Joe? How you doing? Joe, doing pretty well. What do you want to talk about? Uh, Let's
0: talk NBA playoffs.
1: All right. We'll talk NBA playoffs. And I think, Joe, uh, what what the big conversation and what the big topic of conversation is for this is Derrick Rose. Not only is it a big deal that the Bulls may not be able to win without Rose, but whether it's fair for him to return at all in this playoffs. Do you, do you think it's fair if, if Derek Rose has that time? I mean, we've seen ACL injuries before. Usually the timetable is 8 to 12 months. We've seen players when, when, when Iman Schubert, you know, came back. He came back in 8 months. But now you're seeing Derek Rose come back 12 months later, almost 13 months now, and he should be ready to go by now, Joe.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going on right now. It's a 10-10 game, first quarter against the Heat. I mean, I think they're in it with Rose. I don't know what, what he's waiting for as a Knicks fan. I'm from New York. I mean, Schumper came back. He looks better
1: than ever right now. Yeah, and the thing about Shumpert is, if Shumpert can come back off an ACL injury and in play, I'm pretty sure Derrick Rose can. Now, if Derrick Rose returns, Joe, let's look at the consequences. What's going to be the consequence for the NBA? What's going to be a consequence for the Heat? What's going to be a consequence for the Bulls? If Derrick Rose returns, I mean, this guy hasn't played with the, with the team in a long time. Do you think it's going to be that easy for him to jump back in there, Joe, and and start playing around with the Bulls and and beat the Miami Heat of all all teams?
0: I mean, I don't think it's going to be easy, but I think he has to try. I think it's a big game. He's got to be in there. I think people always want to compare themselves to the best people like Jordan. He's won MVPs before Rose also. I mean, Jordan would be in there right now, I think. I hear you, Joe. I think Amari Sotomayor is supposed to be coming back tomorrow. He didn't have ACL, but he's trying to come back for his team in the playoffs. I mean just number of guys coming back right now and he's not so
1: yeah joe and and, and the other thing about it is do you think that if derrick rose sits out joe if derrick rose doesn't return this playoffs does that look worse or does it look better if he returns like what, what's going to be best for him in terms of media coverage here
0: i think it all depends on how he comes back next year if he's really strong to start i think people will soon forget about it but If he doesn't play well, maybe people will start questioning him, and if this hurt him in his mind or athletically, maybe they'll be thinking he waited too long to come back. Now he doesn't have as much practice going into the year next year.
1: Well, Well, if he comes back now and he doesn't play well, does that kind of shut everyone up in the sense that, hey, I wasn't ready, maybe you should leave me off my back?
0: I think he's still got to try for it. I mean, it's in the spotlight against the Heat. I mean, the Bulls played a great series last season against the Nets. I think the Nets are a great team. I really think they had a chance maybe to win two, three games against the Heat. Wow. Two or three games against the Heat,
1: you think they could win? I
0: don't know. I think the Heat are a little... I mean, I think they'll get there. I mean, I'm really, really unfortunate to see Russell Osborne go down because they were maybe the only team that could have beat the Heat. I don't know. I hope the Knicks do, but why not? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. With Russell Westbrook going down, this might be an Eastern Conference team to lose. I mean, if the Eastern Conference doesn't win a championship this year, it would shock me, Joe. I mean, I don't think the Spurs have any shot to win. I don't think I think the only team that may have a shot is as well as Dreamond Green's been playing, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I was just about to say. I mean,
1: I love watching the Warriors. These games are awesome with Steph Curry. Yeah, let's go Steph. Let's beat the Heat, Steph Curry. But I don't know. Uh, let's move on now from this this uh, Golden State, uh, this Steph Curry phenomenon, and let's talk about LeBron James, Joe. Because a New York guy, you're seeing Carmelo, you're seeing him basically take that team from the realms and, and compete, and basically show why he is a leader. But the reason I want to talk about this, Joe, is I don't know if you heard, but LeBron James was almost unanimous in his MVP voting. voting. And this is I
0: the, there, was, there was one guy that voted against LeBron James and he voted for Carmelo Anthony, which I think is ridiculous because if you look at the two of them, I mean, I was thinking about this all day today, but Carmelo doesn't play any defense. He's all one-on-one, none of it's real basketball. LeBron, I mean, without him, the Heat are still a five-seed, but he plays defense on both sides of the ball. So,
1: Yeah, you, you took the words right out of my mouth, Joe. And, and this is what Gary Washburn from the Boston Globe said. He said this, quote, If LeBron was taken away from the Heat, like you said too, Joe, they still would be a fifth or sixth seed. He is the best player of this generation, a multifaceted superstar with the physical prowess of Adonis. But I chose to reward a player who has lifted his team to new heights. End quote. So, basically, the, the reason for not voting for LeBron is because they're already, in, they're already a generation team. They're already a team of the decade kind of team. I mean, but the same at the same time, isn't the MVP supposed to be the best player in the league? He's still saying he's the best player of the league, best of the generation. So, maybe they should have another word for underdogs. You know what I'm saying, Joe? Why why not reward a guy because uh, you know, he he he, he he's, he's he seems already good. He they've got great players around him, but it's supposed to be the best player. And and you're you're he's kind of contradicting himself in my opinion, Joe. Uh, what are your thoughts? I
0: mean, what what I have to say to that is I don't know if you saw it today, Stephen I said, "What do you think about the MVP? Do you think it's the most valuable player?" Is he the most valuable player of the team, or is he the best player? and I thought he was, the MVP should be the best player. I don't know about that. Most valuable player, it might be a guy like Carmelo, who is better for their team, even though LeBron still deserves it, in my opinion. But there are two sides to that. So
1: Right. And, and that just makes, you know, if you look at when, when, when Peach Baskets got started, when, with James Naismith, you know, if you go back to the days of early basketball, that begs the question. You, do you have to amend this award? Do you have to amend the MVP award? Because you have the most valuable player to your team, and then you have the best player. You have both of those factors involved with this award. So it, it, it begs the question, you know, how do you differ, Joe? It, it's, it's incredible. I mean, what about you, Joe? Do you think he deserves the unanimous vote? I don't know
0: about unanimous, but he
1: definitely deserves it. There you have it. five one seven four three two three eight nine three. Joe from New York, I really appreciate your call. Last thing, Joe. I mean, you're a New York guy. Let's talk Knicks right now. Are you concerned after that loss against Indiana? I mean, this was an Indiana team, Joe. Before you go on, that for me, I didn't even bother watching. To me, the winner of the the Indiana Atlanta game, I mean, has no shot in the East, to my opinion.
0: I mean, I'm I don't know if I'm worried yet. It's only one game. I'd like if they lose the next game, then I will be shaking a little bit. I'm sure. Hopefully, the Garden can get rocking. They have when they get back after the Rangers win today. They'll lose on the road, they'll win it at the Garden though. we yeah. will be. something both teams playing there.
1: Joe, you that want to hear something fun. that really pissed me off about that game? All right, that I'm just going to
0: tell me off about that game. How they couldn't get anything down low. I need to see Amari back down there with some presence down low.
1: Yeah, and, and, and let me tell you, uh, let me let me know if you agree, Joe. But another thing that really pissed me off about that game when I saw New York in Indiana was that Roy Hibbert, I mean, sure, he's, he's a big guy. He was 7'2", he, he's, he's, what, 260. You've got Tyson Chandler down there. I mean, he's not significantly shorter. It's not like you're putting a Chris Bosh against a Hibbert down there where Bosh is four inches shorter than the guy, three inches. I mean, Tyson Chandler's a big guy. yet He's a big guy, and he's one of the best defense players in the league. Right. And now you have Roy Hibbert standing down there getting rebounds, getting second chances, moving two guys at once. I mean, he's not that big. He's not Shaquille O'Neal in his, in his prime, is he?
0: No, he's not. I mean, they gotta they got to drive more to a lane set picks. They're, they're trying to play outside in one-on-one ball. It's it's like D'Antonio Dan ball. It's not Mike Woodson basketball <laughs> right
1: now. Yeah, now, now if Mike Woodson basketball continues and it leads to a firing, I mean – I mean, do you see that happening first? Would he get fired if they don't do very well in this playoff run? Or do you move more of the players? I don't
0: think you move to the coach. I think Mike Woodson's got to be one of the best coaches in the league right now. I think you more, move maybe more towards the players. A guy like J.R. No, got to pass the ball more than trying to do it all by themselves. There's other good pieces on that team that they have to give the ball to. Raymond is driving the lane great. Steve Novak's great three-point shooter. Copeland even hit some shots, and they're not even passing. It's one-on-one.
1: It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, and you want to talk about great coaches, Joe. I don't know if you heard, but Phil Jackson, legendary coach, hired by the Detroit Pistons as a consultant, a consultant to help with coaching hires, to to basically build the team up on his own time. No commitment, really. Uh, he's just basically working with the front office. Uh, what are your thoughts on the hire from, a, from an outside Detroit fan? Uh, uh, I mean, of course, you've seen the Knicks face the Lakers many years. which that, are very that tough for today, you. Alex? What's that? Did that happen today, Alex? Not today, it happened last week. But I mean, I want uh, to know your thoughts on uh this this Phil Jackson hire.
0: I think that's a good hire. I thought maybe he was going to be a runner up for the new Nets job, him or Van Gundy.
1: Hey, but... he still could be. I mean, basically let me let me just basically tell you uh uh the 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 reins of the contract. Phil Jackson was signed temporarily uh to help with with coaching decisions. He uh, he, he joins the Pistons but not as a coach. He's he's not uh they're, they're, the nets are still trying to interview Phil Jackson, and Brian Shaw, but he's not really going to uh, basically have a long term role there. I think he's just basically giving advice, consulting. You know, a short term deal, a decision making process. Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure they're still hoping to interview the guy.
0: I think it's a great idea. I mean, Detroit is a great basketball market. As long as they get some pieces there, they could be really good. And. Phil Jackson, I wouldn't like to see you get the job in Brooklyn because I would like to see Van Gundy get the job. He used to coach the Knicks. He used to coach New York. I think it would be good for New York if he had Van Gundy back as like a rival game against the Nets.
1: Joe, appreciate the call. You're a student of Michigan State, Joe? Yes. So wh- what are you doing back in New York? I mean, what are you doing for summer, man?
0: I'm working. I mean, I was just caddying today on the course, making some money.
1: So There you go. Sports all summer long, too. I appreciate it, Joe. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Joe from New York. Moving on now uh, from NBA playoffs and Phil Jackson consulting to Detroit Lions. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, uh, did this draft really shock a lot of people. I mean, they shine, they, they basically drafted a lot of guys with a little experience. They signed a bunch of different guys with a little experience. Um, I mean, let's just start with the little experience of, of, of Isaac Hill Ansa, Ziggy, you call him. Uh, one thing about Ziggy, sure. He was stunning on stage with his glasses, his 3D glasses that he received uh, from a, uh, from a, uh, uh, basically he he received the glasses from a movie he went to. But the funny thing about it is, uh, Ansa received the letter from IMAX today, 3D IMAX, congratulating him not only on being the number five pick, but they offered him 3D IMAX movies for the next year for free. Why? Why did he get free IMAX movies 3D? Because Isaac Alonso wore 3D glasses on stage when he was a first-round selection by the Detroit Lions. So, uh, apparently, according to Ansa, when he saw the movie Thor in 2011, he got the glasses. Uh, I guess it was a little uh, a dare from people at BYU to uh, basically wear the glasses. Uh, we, we heard him talking about that before leading up to draft day. But the funny thing is, is that um, the IMAX couldn't just help the sense of style, and, and they just loved the guy. I mean, that's awesome. I'm looking at the letter right now. It's very professional, uh, signed by the CEO, the chief, uh, the chief technology officer of IMAX. It's great. It's great. But the funny thing is, is how is that going to work? I mean, does he does he have to rep them? Is is this IMAX's attempt to get Isaac Alonso on board? Is, is IMAX really start? Are they really trying to uh, link up an Isaac Alonso contract here? If I'm Isaac Alonso, I mean, are you gonna have IMAX at Lions games now? Is is this part of their pitch? Because to be honest, I'm all for it. I'd love to see it. I mean, Randy Adams back there, would you like to see IMAX at games? She could have said, yeah, he's bouncing up and down. Why not? So Isaac Ilansa, link IMAX to the fans, baby. Bring it all in home. Five one seven four three two three eight nine three. do you see an IMAX in sight? Uh, do these glasses basically grant you uh, what you'd want to see? I mean, come on. That, that can't get any more awesome than that. You wear glasses the draft day you get free IMAX movie passes for a year. That's awesome. That's awesome. But alongside with Isaac Alonso and his 3D glasses, uh, you can't ignore some of the undrafted signees that the, that the Lions made. Uh, the Lions, of course, drafted guys with a little experience. Let's talk about some of the signings that they signed. And guess what? You've got Matt Millen coming back to the Lions. Now, I'm not saying that Matt Millen's going to be the general manager, but Matt Millen's cousin, John Lobb, was signed... As a Detroit line, he is a Richmond quarterback, Richmond University. Uh, his chances on making the roster, probably not high, but he's there. They're giving him the chance, Millen having some influence. I, and the thing is, I wonder if maybe Millen talked to Mayhew or or if, if Millen talked to Gores and, and basically tried to negotiate something here. Uh, I, I'm just trying to figure out, uh, you know, why Millen still has an influence on this team? I thought the, the the Millen ordeal was gone. I thought that was an in the past kind of thing, but apparently he's back. Uh, apparently he is another big signing that they made was Skyler Allen, center from Ohio. Uh, I I personally like this guy because the way Raiola is, he's getting up there in age. It seems to be that a center could be looming in a replacement in the next uh, you know the next couple of years. The way Raiola is going. But yeah, I mean, if you're Isaac Gilonson, you're wearing 3D glasses the draft day. Maybe some of these undrafted signees may start wearing them. Maybe this is going to be a thing. Maybe it may help your draft cause. Because that's a whole other deal, is getting sponsored with drafting. All right, well, 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 back to the undrafted signees. You've got Michael Brooks, the defensive tackle from Carolina. And this one's shocking to me, because you've got Fairley, you've got Seward, Su- then you've got C.J. Mosley backing up. But Michael Brooks, signing him as an undrafted free agent, um... Uh, Maybe they're going to give him a shot to be that number four, um, a fourth defensive tackle. Uh, I, mean, I why not? I mean, if one of those guys goes down, you got to have someone step in. Uh, another guy that was signed was Alex Carter, quarterback here from Western Michigan, and maybe that's a potential guy for Stafford. Uh, Alex Elkins, a linebacker from Oklahoma State, signed. He was out for injury, but one undrafted signing that a lot of people are really high up for, and Dean Holden, a featured columnist for Bleacher Report, is really high on this guy, is Joseph Faria, the tight end out of UCLA. This is if you if you if you recognize the Fourier last name in Christian, well guess what? This is his nephew right here, Joseph Faria. At six seven, uh, this guy was slated to maybe go in you know, top five rounds, but the reason he really didn't go is because uh, he maybe necessarily didn't have the speed on field. He had, didn't have a great time uh, clocking at the at the combine. Um, one guy said that he's very comparable to Gavin Escobar, who was taken by Dallas in the second round. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, a lot of high, high hopes on this guy. Um, other guys that were signed were Austin Hots, Holtz, excuse me, out of Ball State. And if you remember the MAC conference and Eric Fisher, who went number one, this guy was also uh, first-team all-MAC alongside with Eric Fisher on the opposite end. So, taking a chance, maybe underlooked. Uh, Stephen Miller, the running back out of Appalachian State, at 5'7", also signed We'll see what happens with that. A couple other guys, no one really too big. Uh, Martavius Nellums from 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 Kentucky, a big physical physical cornerback and safety hybrid. Uh, he with Louis Dumbass's on con, uh, uncertain health concerns. This could be a guy that can get some early playing time. So for me, who are you most who are you most excited with? Uh, I mean, you've also got. Oh, I, I missed one more guy. Adrian Waddle, 330 pounds. That's funny. His last name's Waddle, but uh, 38 consecutive starts at left tackle. Uh, this guy maybe is gonna maybe move to a guard position. Uh, so yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But which guy are you most excited about? Are you most excited about Faria? Is it gonna be Waddle? Are you gonna are you gonna have a Waddle jersey? Are you gonna be Waddling with the Detroit Lions this year. 3893. 3, 3. I want to give a special thanks to Joe who just called from New York. Uh, also big thanks to Elmo who called earlier from Detroit, and then uh, Greg who called from Birmingham, uh, alongside with uh, a bunch of the new Lions. Uh, Signees. There was an unsung hero coming out of this draft, and that's Steven Toluk, who is a recipient of the 2012 Ron Kramer Award. As the team's unsung hero, he's going to be honored next week in OVI at the Gridiron Greats Hall of Fame dinner. Uh, Chris Spielman, Gr- Grady Alderman, Roger Zankoff, some very familiar names. These guys are the Hall of Fame 2013 inductees, uh, so that's pretty cool that he's going to be featured along with them. Uh, former Michigan State coach George Perlis, Hall of Fame lineman, uh, mean Joe Green and Rick Volk from Michigan, Dean Look, Michigan State. They're also being inducted to the Hall of Fame. I think Kevin Turner, former NFL fullback, uh, is facing a big concussion lawsuit against the league. Uh, he's the Griniron Greats Man Man of the Year, so uh, good for him. Uh, tickets to this dinner, if you'd like more information, you can go online, but uh, $125 per individual or $1,100 for a table of 10, and they're still available. You can go online at Uh Yeah, that case at the Suburban Collection Showcase in NOVA. Uh, so, congrats to Stephen Tolock Toluk uh, highlighting this team uh, as they hopefully look to uh, have some more greats in the future. But, 7.53, we've got about 7 minutes left to go. Um, I mean, what are we going to talk about now? Uh, y- y- you can't go wrong with the tires. Uh, you can't go wrong with the fact that this team, sweeping Houston, sure. Houston isn't that great of a team. Not that impressive. I get that. But... Uh, um, but, but the one thing you got to look at when it comes to this team is uh, you, you, you've got to look at uh, the ace. And, yes, Verlander's best, definitely been the case for years. He's definitely showcased why he deserves that huge contract. But another guy coming up, along with Max Scherzer, who was very close to Verlander in strikeouts next year, last year, uh, is Annabelle Sanchez. I mean, wow, franchise record in strikeouts, piling them up. This guy looks to be a stud. I mean, the extension was probably one of the better moves that Dombrowski's made, along with the Cabrera trade. That's to be debated. But, wow. I mean, I'm really excited about this Sanchez guy. I mean, not only am I excited about him, but this looks to be an ace if something, hopefully not, ever happens to Verlander. I mean, this could be a with Scherzer, Verlander, and Sanchez. Wow. Just wow. Yeah, I mean, not much to talk about this Tiger team. They are just dominating Miguel Cabrera. And one statistic that I heard on the drive with Jack Ubling today that I want to talk about right now is that right now, Miguel Cabrera and Prince Fielder together are on pace to break the Lou Gehrig and Babe, and Babe Ruth record of team dual RBI players. So they're set to, to, to break the record of Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth's uh, team player RBI total uh, at 300. So wow, that, that is just incredible. 150 RBIs from each of them would be above and beyond. And, of course, the Cabrera, the defense is right there. You saw a great diving play yesterday. Uh, definitely turn uh, to the replay if you want to see that one. It's online YouTube. You can find it. Uh, great diving play yesterday. But uh, moving on now, uh, before we get to uh, the goon of the week, uh, I want to give you a quick little MSU sports roundup. Uh, when it comes to MSU basketball, you've got to look at the first-round picks. You've got to look at, when I say first-round picks, uh, whether Adrian Payne and Gary Harris, who were maybe slated to go in the first round this year, uh, whether going back a year is going to help or hurt them. I mean, I think it will only help. I think this is a team that's going to make a run in the tournament. Sure, you lose Derek Nix. Sure, you don't, you're don't. you going to have to rely on maybe Payne moving to the center spot. Uh, you're maybe going to have uh, you know, someone fill in at the power forward position whether it's Ghana, whether it's, you, you know, I'm not so sure whether it's going to be an immediate fill, but it's certainly, certainly going to be an exciting team to watch. Uh, moving on now to MSU Baseball. They took two of three from Illinois uh, this past weekend. They're our fifth; they are the fifth seed right now leading into the Big Ten Tournament, and if they win that, they'll go to the NCAA Tournament. Uh, so good luck to the Spartans as they look to basically claim their ranks in baseball. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Dean Salter. Yeah, I mean, this guy is a hot hitter. Uh, having a great series. You can look at his stats. Uh, He's just killing it right now for the MSU baseball team. Uh, MSU football, we'll talk about this more next week, but the new divisions. I mean, you've got Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, all in the same division now. How is that going to affect recruiting? How is that going to affect the strength of schedule when it comes to BCS? How is that going to affect uh, some of the matchups, some of the offenses they run? They're not playing those Minnesota teams anymore. You're not not going to have those matchups against some of those different offenses you'll see at Northwestern i mean yes they're gonna play them but I mean it's not going to be every year because of these new divisions do these divisions hurt or help so we'll talk about that more next week uh <clears throat> uh but yeah I mean exciting time for msu sports softball also it doesn't look like they're gonna make it right now uh but they still got a little bit of time uh but now it comes to my favorite time of the broadcast and Randy Adams queuing it behind the booth it's time for this gun, 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 gun. Goon of the Week. That's right. It's our Goon of the Week and each week at the Spartan Sports Rap. We basically pick someone who doesn't represent himself correctly. We we think he's a little bit goony. uh, Best way to really put it. Uh, But this week, our Goon of the Week isn't a player past uh, Goon of the Weeks, I mean, we've had a player hurt his hand because he punched a light bulb. Uh, we've had some funny stories. I mean, there are all kinds of funny stories in the world of sports. Uh, You know, we saw the Goon in, in the Rutgers head coach that was released. We saw Jerry Sandusky as a Goon earlier in the year. Oh, man. But there's you can't get much bigger of a Goon uh, than the Miami Dolphins. <sighs> I mean, listen to this, okay? Basically, their stadium right now, is a little bit in shambles. Uh, not very nice facilities. Uh, so basically what happened was the Miami Dolphins and Sun Life Stadium put a bid, uh, a bill, to basically clear the way for $400 million in taxpayer money for stadium upgrades. Look, we, we, we've got a great stadium in Ford Field. We have a state-of-the-art stadium. Uh, but this Sun Life Stadium apparently isn't that great. So they, they put this bill forth to taxpayers whether they'd want to put uh, you know some new money into the stadium, but unfortunately, it did not pass. But according to CEO Mike D of the Miami Dolphins, whether they would basically commit some of the team money to renovating, Mike D says, "quote We have no intention of investing more." So that's ridiculous. You have no intention of investing, yet you're gonna put it on the uh, you're gonna put it on the taxpayers to do it. So if the taxpayers won't do it, you as a team won't do it. First of all, you look at other teams. This isn't a taxpayer thing. I mean, this doesn't really affect. Yes, sure, a sports team affects the greater community, but this is specifically speaking to one group of people. It's not like if you don't invest, uh, you know, with the taxpayer money, that it's really going to affect anything. So, basically, Mike D and the Miami Dolphins, you guys are goons this week because if you didn't get your four hundred million dollars in taxpayer money to renovate your stadium, you're not going to go do it yourself, which it should be. If you look at other, if you look at on other NFL teams. They renovate the stadiums themselves. So Mike Dean, the Miami Dolphins, congratulations. You're the Sports champ Goon of the Week this week. But again, I'm Alex Sharg. I come at you live Mondays from 7 to 8, same time, same place. Like I said, if you're interested in getting involved with Impact Sports, we're changing a lot of things here. There are a lot of good things coming in the future. Come to the basement of Holden Hall, G6, and fill out an application. Say you're interested in Impact Sports and why. I'm Alex Sharg. Thanks to Randy Adams for stepping in. First-time engineer this week. He'll be with me all summer. Uh, a shout-out to... Uh, uh, everybody listening, uh, Joe from New York, Jake, and uh, uh, and, uh, and Elmo from Detroit, uh, who's also a traditional caller, thanks a lot. Wings tonight, they look to take one back, even it up with the Anaheim Ducks before they go out west. I'm Alex shar, go Tigers, go Wings, and hey, it's summertime. Boys of baseball. Happy Monday, everybody. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune
0: in every week for more of the greatest sports
2: information, news, and analysis.
1: Here and only here on Impact
2: 89FM.